Welcome to the Swim Run Watch podcast with your host, Andreas Ripperfjord. Hi, swim runners. For episode three, I've spoken to former elite swimmer Ulf Hausmann, who knows her sport very well and who nowadays is a swim coach by profession. Swim run specific swim training, sessions, gear, technique, how are the elites training? Find out. Welcome to the world's only podcast on swim run entirely dedicated to type A personalities. Welcome, Ulf Hausmann, to the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, I know you from before in swim run, and you're coaching a bit together with my uh, swim run partner, Thomas Thomas Granberg. But uh, you're uh, here because you're an expert in swimming. You have a thorough background in swimming, and you're a swimming coach by profession. Yeah, well, I try to be. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So you're an uh, ex-elite swimmer from uh, Germany, and that's uh, East Germany, right? Yeah, that was a long time ago, uh, years uh, passing by, but yeah, I was on the uh, junior national team and on the national team. Didn't quite get to the top, but I was training with all the top swimmers and did the same training volume and everything. and. Uh, Pretty much know what it what it uh, what it's like to get to the top. You got uh, to the top pretty early, didn't you? Yeah, I was uh, training at that time. It was like structured the way that you had to be at the top, like when you were 18 years old. Um, but then I got a bit bored. Motivation was not uh, that good uh, anymore. Uh, so I decided uh, after a while. Well. Okay, the other things in life. Yeah. Was it like all or nothing? Either you become the best or you just yeah, quit? Yeah, that or? was the, the, yeah. the way it was, actually. Yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, once you didn't uh, develop any further, then there was no point in continuing. Did it you go, like the system was. Did you go like on international competitions? And Yes, there was some uh, in the beginning. There was, of course, all, a lot of competition competitions in the uh, sort of former Eastern countries and then they were like on the junior national European championships and then what sort of today is the World Cup races so that started at that time in the late 80s mid 80s mm. um, yeah it was fun it was fun great time yeah and you also told me in the in the pre-talk we had that you had some overtraining or uh, yes, um, that was, I mean, swimming is a high volume sport. Uh, yeah. And then when we talk about, uh, you know, what is needed to get to the top in swim run. I mean, if you take one thing from the from the pod, I mean, you, there are no uh, shortcuts. It's, uh, you need to swim a lot. That's oh, yeah. the main thing, <laughs> the message to get across this, you need to swim a lot. And if you swim a lot and you know you swim in, the, in a swimming pool, um, we did like 100, 120K a week sometimes, mm. average maybe 70, 80K. Uh, and of course, um, yeah, you, you get easily overtrained if you don't get mm. the rest periods and so on. Mm. 
I know you quit pretty early, around 20 years of age or something, but uh, some of your best results, you want to share anything with us? Yeah, I don't know if they're that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, well, I was like a I, I did. Uh, I wasn't good at anything, so I did uh, specialized in the 400 IM, 400 individual medley, uh, which is quite tough. That's why not so many sort of specialized. In mm-hmm. it. Um, well, I did four. What did I do? Four twenty. Twenty-eight. Four twenty-eight. Four hundred medley. Um, at that time, you had to be under four twenty to get to the finals. Mm. Uh, 1500, I did uh, 1540 something, 1540. Yeah. Yeah, that was sort of my It's pretty good. Best achievements. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, nowadays you're you're a swim coach. Uh, what's your coaching business called? Yeah, uh, that was like seven years ago I started uh, my own little coaching company. In the beginning working a lot with the, you know, probably know the Teams number there. Yeah. Uh, now I do a lot of things by myself, still working with Teams Nambada. Um It's called Houseman Swim Coach. Easy to remember. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's logical. It's just me. It's a small company. And um, yeah, I help people to, it's um, a lot of people need, what do they need when they want to get better in swimming? It's a lot of technique. Yeah. A lot of technique analysis, technique sessions, technique improvements, stroke correction and so on. Uh, but even coaching. Uh, You're coaching. Uh, are you coaching swim runners, triathletes, uh, swimmers, or? It is a mixture, a mixture of uh, people, uh, mainly people who haven't swimming as a background. Mm. Triathletes, of course, they are triathletes who have been swimmers before. Yeah, but a lot of them, and like the swim runners. They're either swimmers from the beginning or runners. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like your partner Thomas in the beginning. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah great development. Yeah. Um, so I think that's um, a good challenge for me, and it has been a challenge to work with people who haven't swimming as their natural sport, because there are different things you need to work on. Uh, it's a different language you speak. How do you adapt to uh, the training program or to technical skills uh, or drills? So that's um, uh, it's a different story. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And you have uh, before you got your own coaching business, you did coach directly after your professional swimming career or your elite swimming career in uh, Germany. When I quit, I was pretty much fed up by swimming. I sort yeah. of didn't swim for a year didn't get into the water for a year yeah and then a friend he said oh come we we go for a swim and then uh, uh, you know you have this uh, master swimming you know it's like the age group yeah when you have triathlon uh, so I started swimming for the masters team and then I slowly started getting got into coaching and was coaching master swimmers more junior elite swimmers uh, even some children working in the US with children or teenagers and then uh, 15 now it's almost 20 years ago when I moved to Sweden mm. I uh, was swimming with the Stockholm City triathlon squad mm. and that's how it started a lot of people and, from there and you're currently coaching. a masters uh, record holder for the 
the 200 medley in exactly yeah the 200 200 uh, medley yeah. was a that's a probably Swe- two swedish or three years ago. no no the nordic record yes yeah, it's yeah. uh even the nordic record mm. and you had yeah. some german german records before that uh, before uh, that yeah. yeah in the master's domain mm. so the people you're coaching currently are they like they don't have a swimming background, do they? Or uh, some, some of them, them uh, have, but most of them, uh, maybe they swam before when they were younger, but they never got to the top. So some of them have sw- have swam before when they were children, when they were younger. And you can see the difference, how their body reacts to different exercises. Mm. So um, this podcast, we want to focus on really ambitious people, like what benefits they could get uh, in their swim training. and. I, I'm thinking either if you're a swim runner, either you have a swimming background, then you're coached in a different way, or maybe you're uh, like an ambitious runner or multi-sport mm-hmm. or triathlete, maybe not triathlete, but someone who's not been swimming much. And w- what's the kind of difference there in in, in your coaching? Um, the um let me, if I may start with, uh, because you said like, uh, where come, where do the people come from? Yeah. Because you said it's either swimmers, previous swimmers, or runners, or multi-sport, or triathletes. Yeah. Uh, and I foresee the development of the sport. It's in the beginning, I think more people who had a running background were more dominating. Mm. But I think now there are a lot of people who have a swimming background who get to the top and uh, I would say it's uh, to win a race or to get very far I think you need to have a a good swimming um, performance to be able to get into the top teams yeah so that's sort of I think that's sort of you can see that development within the the swim run Um, what's the difference between uh, we like compare. I mean, I meet a lot of people, not that I'm coaching them, everybody, but sometimes we swim together. Um, if you see like the world record holder, Fredrik Axegård, uh, he's a previous swimmer. Peter Aronson, he's a previous swimmer. Previous swimmer, very yeah. good. He was first out of the water in the, in the first, last the the first world championships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, On the first leg. For them, it's pretty easy to get to a certain level. Not easy and uh, nothing is easy in, in, when it comes to elite sport but uh, <laughs> compared to runners um, they do maybe average 10 15k a week mm. is um, that is that enough uh, well enough for I think for those people probably they have boost weeks when they swim more when it yeah. comes to the season of course but, but throughout the year I think three four I would say four sessions 4k then we are swimming around 15 16k a week Um, if we take uh, Nicolas Ramirez yeah who won Catalina yeah he's he's a a good uh, swim runner but he's not from a complete swimming background is he exactly and and, uh, I'm asking him and he's averaging over 20k Mm. during the off season and do you think that's that's quite a lot? Do you think you need more if you don't have a swimming background? 
that's it. Of what I when we uh, when you said, oh, can we have this part? I was sort of doing some own little research, yeah. <laughs> uh, not scientifically, but I was talking to uh, some people, and I was like, um, and you can see some sort of pattern that former swimmers average, I would say, fifteen k. If you're not a swimmer, you need to have over twenty twenty five k to be in the top to, to to break into yeah. the top and also consistently of course consistently yeah. yeah exactly consistent training is the key of course we're talking about uh, uh, Pontus Lindberg mm. and George Bjelkemo who won last year uh, they have boost weeks when they swim up to 40k mm. average maybe 20 25 is there um, is there an origin for this boost week concept? Because I've heard about it. Yeah. And the first th- person I heard it from, or like the origin from, was uh, Lele Moberg. He mm-hmm. that's he supposedly did that a long t- even a long time ago, like boost weeks before big swim run races. Uh, <laughs> well, well it, uh, it sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds uh, good. Uh, the thing is, I mean, generally there's no. When it comes to swim run swimming, uh, there's no so it's as young as the sport, pretty young, hasn't been there for uh, for a long time. Um, there's no sort of scientific research or studies on that, so everything everyone is testing themselves, which is sort of the beauty of the sport, I would say. Uh, but generally, when it comes to like boost weeks, it's one thing, and that shouldn't be neglected. Is it's a mental thing. You invest a lot of time. Just focusing yeah. on one thing, and you lift yourself to a to a different level, and continuing training from there, then you're already there at a higher level, and then you have a higher chance to develop further. Uh, of course, a boost week, and then you stop swimming for four weeks, then there's no yeah. effect. But if you start with it, and then you continue, um, it has an effect. It has an impact. Absolutely, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about research and you were uh, in our pre-talk you were stressing that there is no actual research on swim run training yet or um, there's very very little research to like uh, use to say what's right and what's wrong in training for swim run right uh, exactly um, well i don't know all the details or so haven't really you know sometimes you miss something but i would say it's um it's a young sport and it's uh, because there's so many things that have an impact. We're talking about equipment. We maybe get later into that. Equipment is one thing. Swimming is one thing. You swimming in open water. You have the weather, the conditions. There's so many things that have an impact. It's if you want to uh, just have one fact, of what, which is the main impact for your performance, it's very difficult to, to say okay uh, is the uh, tether important or how important is that or the size of the pedals um, so that's everyone needs to test a little bit mm. but uh, i think that's uh, a bit in general in, in 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 sports it's not not just black and white mm. uh, if it works for you maybe it doesn't work for me there are some basic principles of course and there is a lot of uh, research having been done in uh, the field of like ordinary pool swimming. Uh, is that something we can use, or um, what's the and what's the 
difference between pool swimming, the training they do with all the drills and everything, uh, compared to like uh, focusing on being good at just swim run uh, swimming, which yeah. is uh, ends up with paddles and uh, a pool boy yeah. usually. Exactly, very good uh, question. Um, if I if we look to the to the technique, the swimming technique, it is pretty much the same. Mm. So you heard about high elbow catch, pushing backwards. Definitely heard uh, about it. Th yeah, exactly. And you need to work on those things. It doesn't matter if you're uh, swimming in the pool or, or if you're swimming for a swim run. Uh, those basic swimming um, technical uh, details, they are still valid for swim run swimming. Uh, we look further, as you said, swim run swimming you have the pool boy. Uh, and that helps you with uh, flotation yeah. and that's a major difference and um, uh, and the paddles of course what's the impact of the the pool boy flotation I said uh, if you're not a swimmer you can sometimes see swimmers uh, non-swimmers who get very far or they have a huge difference between their times when they have a pool boy yeah uh, while swimmers, they also get better with the pool boy, but it's not that much. Mm. Why is that? Um, it's easier to train one muscle group compared to the whole combination of all the muscles in your core and in your body, which is when you don't have the pool boy. So mm. you eliminate a lot of muscle groups because you get this uh, free <laughs> help from the pool mm. boy. Uh, and you also like eliminate the synchronization between the different muscle groups. Exactly, yeah. to synchronize and which muscle needs to work at which time, and that's uh, mm. and that takes you know those ten thousand, was it ten thousand hours? Or yeah, that's hundred thousand. <laughs> how much you must train. Yeah. Yeah. So and and that's I would say it's uh, that's uh, very encouraging for non-swimmers. You can come and you get very far. If you train a lot, even if you have a swimming background, it's mm -hmm. easier with uh, the swim run swimming to get mm -hmm. to the top compared to ordinary swimming. Like uh, Christine Larsson and uh, Daniel Hansson, together with the good swimmers, they're winning the biggest competitions for at least a few years ago. So yeah, there are a lot of examples. Yes. There are a lot of these examples. Yeah. People without the swimming background mm -hmm. that are able to win the biggest competitions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that time over now that it, it's becoming more competitive? As I said, you can see, it's difficult to say, it's more like, uh, I will, is it guessing or is it so seeing a trend? Difficult to say. Um, as I've said, I think you need to have uh, to come, the level that is needed for to win the race, the, the, the level of swimming performance is a bit higher, has become much higher during the recent years, of course. Because the, not, the swimmers have it probably a bit easier to catch up on the running. And it's, I don't want to say it's uh, easier or easier without help to just go out and run and get better. There are of course other things needed, you know, you're a runner, you're a good <laughs> trail runner. Yeah. Uh, but swimming, it's probably needed a bit more uh, mm. above all the technique that mm. is... Uh, takes more time mm. yeah but then of course it depends on the combination of uh, the team the team members um, 
you mentioned Annika Eriksson and Christine Larsson. It's a good team. I mean, Annika is swimming. Mm. She is uh, pulling and uh, Christine is pulling on the run. Mm. So um, um, that's also one decisive factor for, for the success of the team. And let's get back a bit into the actual swimming. We, we were getting into what's the difference between pool swimming and swim run swimming. I mean, what is the difference in training? If you're training specifically for swim run, what do you need to think about mm. And when it comes mm. to paddles and stuff? Yeah. Uh, if we maybe I very often get this question that uh, open water and pool swimming, mm. it's even for triathletes or for open water swimmers. Uh, uh, surprisingly, a lot is done. A lot of training is done in the pool, even if the competition is held. You know, swim run. It's yeah. In the lakes or in the uh, in the sea, uh, if you look at the open water swimmers, eighty percent of their training is in the pool, which is a bit surprised. It's a bit of a surprise. Um, so that's a good thing because I mean our season is short. We need to train. Yeah, at least in Sweden, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Might be different in w where the listener listeners are. Exactly, <laughs> but even there, the message is maybe uh, you get quite far. You need to build your swimming mm. in the pool. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the way you train, you mentioned that. What's the difference? Mm. You probably were aiming at uh, equipment, training with paddles, training with pool boy. Um, or maybe also what kind of do you need the drills the the, the flotation and the positioning in the water the positioning yeah, yeah. Uh, yes I would say so uh, the um, this the basics if you want to get a good swim runner swim run swimmer uh, you need to work on your technique that means you need to work on the technical things in the pool mm. during I, I usually say that's a good thing for the off season to work on techniques on your technique uh, and that includes a lot of drills I mean they're difficult to explain now yeah. in the part we don't have to get into that mm. um, but the um, a lot of drills if you want to develop high elbow catch and the push and everything recovery um, there are thousands of drills and they're helpful it's also helpful just to swim and to think about one thing, of course. Mm. Um, but that is one thing. Um, the other thing is I often get this question, different strokes. Is it helpful to swim medley, butterfly, yeah, and breaststroke? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, of course, the main, the main uh, training should be uh, freestyle, of yeah. course. I haven't uh, seen many people do a swim run with butterfly. Ah, maybe it's uh, the future, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, no, but it's part of the training because it's a monotonous, the swimming, the swim training. So it's good to for a change, different muscle groups. Uh, I think it's a good thing to um, to swim a bit of backstroke, to swim a bit of breaststroke. Breaststroke is very much power. You need a lot of strength. And I think that leads us into the next difference uh, swimming and swim run swimming, which is 
swimming is an endurance sport if I now do it a bit to the I do it's more black and white what I say now it's swimming is more endurance sport swimming swimming is more strength it's a lot of power I mean when you train your heart rate hardly goes up mm. anymore yeah huge paddles a mm. uh, lot of flotation it's just the strength and that's the difference in training I would say even you need to have a lot of strength I'm not talking about the uh, that you do the, you do the 100 kilo uh, bench press <laughs> uh, but it's more endurance strength mm. uh, very specific training uh, of course there are some some people might benefit you know skinny runners probably might need to improve their, their upper body strength upper body strength um, and even the, the max power you yeah. know when you do a, a few repetitions to just you build yes. you build your power uh, and then further into the season it's good to go more into the endurance strength training mm. you know you have the stretch course you know you have to you, know, you yeah. pull on the dryland training um, you can make it easy chins and uh, push-ups and uh, everything uh, you think uh, a, a chins bar is a good chins bars they're good yeah it's the uh, it's that's just very easy for people to set up exactly yeah you can have it at home and, uh, to the to the gym, mm. um, so st- strength. I mean, I kind of give an example from my own experience when when doing swim run. Uh, the last two swimming legs, I was tired. I yeah, couldn't e- move. Even I couldn't move the pedals anymore. Swimming background. Yeah. yeah, because I haven't trained with the pedals a lot, mm. and then the huge pedals. Uh, I was tired. I couldn't lift my arms anymore. <laughs> So uh, you were not the only one, probably. <laughs> probably, yes. But you see, even as a swimmer, you need to train for that. Um, Do you need to swim a lot with paddles, or or just naturally without? When you're uh, training specifically for swim run. Yeah, um, I also asked all the other people, uh, the top teams. Yeah. Uh, because you see a lot of them, they just swim with paddles. Um, Are those the non-swimmers or the ones with a swimming background? You see a lot of non-swimmers, or they're pretty good at swimming as well, but without the swimming background, who just swim with the paddles. And I think that is a bit dangerous because you don't really improve your swimming technique Mm. when you just swim with paddles. Uh, of course, the closer you get to the season, you know, you more specific you need to be in your training. Yeah. That means using the equipment that you have when you're competing. That's of course, no question. But during the say the winter season or mm. the early season, like we now it's April mm. season has started, we can say. But like January, February, March, I would say so early season. April still early early season. Um, I would say it's still important uh, to swim without paddles and training, getting your technique right. To get sort of a percentage, I would say off-season, 70% without, 30% with paddles. 
and the other way around when it comes to the when you are into the season. Yeah. Sounds it's reasonable. Like, um, it can be 80 20, it can be 70 30. Uh, but I think that's a good uh, rule of a thumb to, to have this in mind. How do you train your sighting? Yeah, very good because we said that uh, a lot of swim run swimming is still do, done in the pool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's very decisive, of course, even if you're a good swimmer, if you don't sight or navigate correctly, mm. um, zigzag, you swim more meters and then you're, you're lost or you lose speed, of course, yeah, that's very important. Sighting is very important, but it can be uh, trained and done in the pool and you should do that during the regular done during the pool sessions. You can do that, you can swim every uh, sixth or seventh stroke depending also if you breathe bilaterally or if you breathe every other stroke uh, that you just look ahead never look never always look straight ahead mm. uh, a lot of people they moving your head you know they're just breathing and then they're turning their head forward making describing the head a half circle way mm. uh, that means um, your, your brain doesn't really realize what direction you're going. So you need to go up and down. Mm. And it's also important after the sighting that you go down again. A lot of people mm. keep their head in their, in their neck mm. uh, too long, so you go down again. Mm. Uh, but, well, apart from the technique of sighting, train sighting in the pool. It's easily done. You can every uh, uh, 50 meters or per 50 meters or per 100 meters uh, just uh, do a few of sighting. Um, Perhaps the bilateral uh, breathing is important for sighting. Um, I think that's not a uh, not so decisive. Sometimes, sometimes you're getting up from out of the water on the left side and sometimes it's on the right side. Mm -hmm. It's always good to, to be able to breathe at both sides but it can be uh, every other uh, stroke to the right or to the left so of course you should be able both sides of bilaterally that you are able to uh, to do this but uh, it's not a not a decisive factor for uh, for being a good swim run swimmer mm. if you're, okay so that's okay mm. um, I've seen a lot of uh, different uh, pool boys being used what should you train with should you train with like the largest possible that you would use for mm. a competition Mm. Or would you train with a more modest one? Yeah, a good, uh, very good question. And I have no exact answer. Um, you see, uh, it has become a sort of a standard that most people, even the good, the good swimmers, yeah. uh, swim run swimmers, they use, you know, the self-made, uh, the yellow one where you set, uh, where you put together the, uh, do-it-yourself kit. But, yeah, they usually use that for training. For training. And then with the competitions, they take another pool boy. Exactly, yeah. A little bit bigger. Yeah. yeah. You know, now or we have more those. More flotation at least. Yeah. Exactly. And now it's limited, 32 centimeters for the pool boy. You know, the, the I don't size. remember the exact size, but yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, been limited. Uh, so now, it, now you can't have the monster pool boys that you had a exactly. few years ago. So it's limited now as you have, but as, of course that's it's still people, pretty big. It's pretty, pretty yeah. big and a lot of flotation. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but what's the advantage? And I, I have realized a good thing is 
uh, even during the training to have a bit of variation. Generally, it's good to train with the equipment that you compete with. Mm. There are a few who use their best and the pull bar with, with most flotation during the training, but a lot of don't. Mm. They use this sort of medium flotation yeah. device. Um, I would say it's the more t you come to the season, the more you should train with the pull boy that you're using during the race. Mm. Um, but I think it's a good idea to use a very, very small pull boy because then you're training, pulling your arms, it's more strength needed. You have a little flotation, no kicking. Mm. Uh, so you need to work with the core. So that helps you actually developing much more your core muscles and your strength. Um, so variation is, is good even when they use different pool boys during the training. A lot of flotation, very little flotation. For my own sake, uh, training, I, I feel like if I'm not using the bigger pool boy, I get more out of the training in a shorter amount of time. Mm. I get... Uh, uh, if you use the bigger, the, the if, bigger if, pull boy. No, no, a modest pull boy, modest, a smaller yeah. pull boy, mm. or even no pull boy. I get tired after 40 minutes, whereas uh, with a big pull boy, I would. You can go on. I, I can go on for much longer, <laughs> and my, my training kind of doesn't. Maybe it's not as efficient yeah. Yeah. because I, I, need, uh, I, I need to get tired. Very good point you mentioned there. That, that I was really a habit on my list. I really would like to say something about that. Uh, we said it's more strength training or strength, focusing on strength, yeah. power, the swim, run, swimming, because of the pull boy flotation and the paddles. Uh, but when we look at the training, I mean, the races, they are six hours, eight hours. They're long. A lot of endurance is needed. And to develop your endurance, it's good if you don't use the pull boy or you have a smaller pull boy, your heart rate goes more up, you're activating more the whole system, your heart is working. Um, so it's a different training effect what you want to train. Uh, smaller pull boy or without a pull boy, small endurance, more heart rate training, developing your aerobic capacity. Mm. Uh, if you have the pull boy, it's more muscles, more strength. Again, it's a combination needed for that, of course, yeah. There's an interesting aspect about uh, swim run. Uh, the swim is not only swimming, it's recovery from running. So you're running, mm -hmm. swim run running is like pretty much long intervals and in between you get to recover when, when your heart rate goes down in the water. How does that affect the swimming? I mean, that, that kind of means you can't go all out in the swims because you're not recovering fully f for the runs. Or maybe you can swim hard because you're still recovering the leg muscle. Yes, and that's what we said in the beginning, that the trend in swim running is like, you know, in the early years, no equipment, or you could you choose your own equipment. Yeah. But it still was a lot of endurance, a lot of the heart rate went up a lot, even when you were swimming. Uh, so the recovery was like uh, okay the arms were not needed when you're running and the legs were not really needed when you were swimming uh, but nowadays it's more separate as you said that the, the heart rate goes up a lot of in interval running you can you can say yeah, kind of. and you recover from the 
you recover from the running when you're swimming, but then you need the strength if you want to be, and that needs to be trained. You need to train the power. You need yeah. to have the, the power when swimming uh, to be able to pull, to use your muscles. And, and that needs to be trained, of course. That's why it's important. You need to pull a lot. You need to have the strength. Dry land training, uh, paddles, different sizes, paddles. We were talking. We haven't really talked about paddles. No, but no, probably no. We should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on the same subject, bigger paddles, more power, lower heart rate. Is that correct? To generalize, yes, yes. Sometimes when I swim with huge paddles, I, I still I want to swim faster because my heart rate is still pretty low, mm. but I can't because the mm. limit is yeah. the muscles. You probably experience the same thing. And about paddle size, uh, most of the top end teams, they use as big paddles as they can find, more or less. Generally, yes, but you see even, even um, there are different. Some I haven't really used. Uh, now I use even the, if I talk to myself about myself, but uh, um, as an example, not the largest paddles, mm. um, but they're still pretty large compared to what has been used before. Mm. Um, if, if you don't have the strength, if you're more a swimmer who goes more by stroke rate, high stroke rate swimmer, that means a higher stroke rate very often it's leads all, to it's a higher... It's also about s swimming style, you're saying? Exactly, like oh. if you're talking to Lele, about Lele, yeah. he has a pretty much high stroke rate. And he's using, I don't know exactly if he's using smaller paddles, but sometimes he, he is thinking about using a bit of medium-sized paddles because he has a higher stroke rate. Mm. And this is very difficult to keep up the stroke rate with really large paddles. Yeah, but if you're strong, like you are strong, but Thomas, oh, he's strong. Know. You are strong. Let's say Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> and Thomas, he's strong. And uh, he has a fantastic development. Uh, and, and for him, I think large paddles are very helpful. It's a lower stroke rate. And it helps him a lot with uh, larger paddles. Yeah. Uh, so then you need to see exactly what you have for your own style. Your more also, the, the length of the race, I'm thinking. If you're if the race racing is only an hour, you can use pretty large paddles. But if it's uh, gonna be nine hours or something, that makes a difference, of course. Makes yeah, a difference, yeah. and maybe you're not gonna be able to swim with the biggest paddles exactly. all through the yeah. race. Uh, Conditions as well, if it's wavy. Oh yeah, and, and so on. Yeah. Or if it's a lot of uh, the percentage of swimming, if there are long swims or shorter swims. What do you think about waves and big paddles? Is it's kind of harder to get a clean cut with a paddle if if there are if it's choppy waters? It is more difficult. Yes, it can happen. Yeah, it's more difficult. You, and that's again we're getting back to technique. You need mm. to get the technique right from the beginning. Mm. If your entry is not correct without mm. paddles, and then you probably don't have the correct entry when you have paddles, mm. uh, then you're having difficulties especially when the conditions are not as ideal as mm. they, everyone wishes them to be. What about uh, the paddles? Some of them have holes in them and some of them are like solid without any holes in them. What do you think about the difference here? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's true. The, in the beginning, there were quite often, most, of, most people used those with the holes in it. They, they called the uh, about uh, stroke master paddles. Yeah. Um, 
They're the uh, traditional for traditional swim training. For, for swim training, yeah. Uh, very practical, very good, I would say. And now you have the uh, arc paddles as well. The blades. The blades, and there have been some carbon paddles. Which the are blades are plastic. Like, carbon was a thing a few years ago, maybe. Mm, exactly, yeah. But I think they were too dangerous, because if mm. you hit someone, you probably yeah, get a good slash them. Slash them, yeah. pieces. yeah. But the, uh, still, the the plastic paddles are pretty light, also, which which is what you want. Light paddles. Light paddles, yeah, f especially for the running for the in running. the water. They're all pretty light, I think. If yeah. two or three gram, yeah. probably won't make a huge difference. But the holes, yeah, um, holes. Why do they have holes? I think uh, it's um, it's, no, it's not necessary to have holes. It's a more the pull, if you're able to have a clean pull, pushing backwards with no holes in your paddles, you have a better effect. Because the holes, they're, they're like turbulences through the holes, the bubbles. Uh, it makes it a bit easier, so it's a bit more forgiving if you don't pull exactly the way you should pull. But if you, if you have a good pull uh, without holes, it's a more effective paddle, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Um, but again, it needs a bit more power uh, compared to the paddles with the holes. Those are small, a bit nerdy, small differences, but I think mm. that's what mm. we all yeah. want to hear. Yeah, we want, we're not get, want to get into the <laughs> details. And what, what about this guy uh, who's been developing his own paddles, which go, go down on the sides uh, towards the, the lower arm? Jonas is exactly Jonas his name uh, he um, has developed his own paddles and tested them a lot uh, again it, he has tested them you need to test it on a later scale but the idea which I, really makes sense is if you have the paddles going up to your lower arm that means the leverage mm. is a bit shorter which means it's a bit easier to pull but you still have the same surface yeah. Uh, so that makes sense. Again, it's you need to have a good pull. As soon as you ankle the paddle in a different way, uh, it slips away. And also, when exiting uh, at the end of the pull, with a when you're going into recovery, you yeah. gotta have it in the right angle. Or exactly, yeah. That's also the the uh, the uh, when you lift the arm out of the mm. water, you need yeah, to have exactly. the right ankle. Otherwise, it slips away. Mm. So, uh, but I think that could be a trend in the future. Paddles, not only the size, even where do we have the the surface on the lower arm, on the on the hands, on the top of the hands. Mm. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, room for testing and uh, uh, improvements. Very interesting. What other technical focus could you have uh, during the training? Uh, one thing I would like to mention is uh, it's called the DPS, distance per stroke. Uh, that means how long, how far you travel per stroke. And of course, uh, if you have huge paddles and you have a good pull, you travel very long. Mm. Um, and that's actually one main thing with uh, the point of developing your swimming. You travel long per stroke. Mm. That means you have a very effective stroke. And then, of course, your stroke rate needs to be, if your stroke rate is very low and you travel very far per stroke, so you need to match those both. Mm. Higher stroke rate and a high uh, stroke length 
Mm. It means distance per stroke makes you very fast. How do you de- how do you develop distance per stroke? You can swim shorter intervals, like usually four times, six times, eight times, fifty, with paddles, and you count your strokes. Try to use ad- as few strokes as possible. But it's good to look at your watch as well that you're not getting too slow so you need to mm. have both mm. uh, the time and the number of strokes and then you take away your paddles and you swim without paddles and you try to do that without paddles which is much more difficult to achieve the same low stroke mm. uh, number of strokes uh, but that's a concept which is helps you developing a better stroke a more effective stroke travel long per stroke I have a yeah. kind of a thing for this that you're only allowed to take let's say 20 strokes and then you measure how far you got very good because it's very visual you see mm-hmm. okay yeah no. you get 50 meters <laughs> or you get to 15 meters that's a difference of course it depends very individual it depends on how long are your arms what do you have what's your swimming style yeah you can't really compare no. Uh, everybody you need to compare to your own yeah but it's still good for your own development yeah for your own development exactly you see oh today i got 20 meters tomorrow i got 25 meters mm-hmm. something has happened of course yeah yeah um, um another technical key is for swimming swimming is uh, rotation because mm-hmm. if you have a pool ball usually you rotate a little bit less because you're, li- you're more balanced yeah uh, but rotation is still important to activate your lats, your back, a lot of shoulder rotation, and uh, prevents you from injuries, of course. But also to activate more muscle groups. And more muscle groups, the more muscle groups are working. It helps you to to swim faster mm, yeah. and you get less tired. So rotation is uh, good. Rotation drills are very important for swim run mm. swimmers. Uh, even the sculling drills are very You'll important. You'll have to explain that, the sculling. The sculling, oh, how do we explain that when it's not uh, in video? <laughs> uh, sculling is like your, um, I think it's a very basic <laughs> drill for swimmers. Yeah. Um, for those without ba- a spring swimming yeah. background. When you, you bend your arms, you, you lie on your stomach, you bend your arms, fingertips pointing downwards, and you're keeping your elbow still and then you're just uh, moving like um, uh, in circles you're moving your lower arm and your hand so in sc- circles just sculling that's the word you search on YouTube to, to get exactly there are thousands of exercises <laughs> very important for swimming it develops a feeling for the water but also it's a strength for the for, for the lower arm which is needed with paddles then uh, and the higher elbow position to keep the elbow still, not moving, not pulling with the elbow. Mm. Another favorite I would like to mention is you probably heard about the finger paddles. Yeah. Have you used them or have you tested them? Uh, yeah, I've tested them. Yeah. Yeah. I usually get comments, oh, well, they're too small. They're no good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my <laughs> I mean, they have been around since the 70s or 80s. And, uh, you know, if things are still around, then uh, they're probably good. Other things, they come and go. Um, I think finger paddles, they're very good to developing a good, better technique. Because you get an instant feedback if you keep your hand pointing in the wrong direction. You shouldn't 
compare them with pedals because that's not the point of it. It's not the point of sort of getting swimming faster and so on. It's get a better feeling for the water, developing a better technique. Mm. Uh, so that's uh, sort of, uh, I would strongly recommend uh, doing some uh, sessions where you use pa finger pedals as well, some, some shorter technique drills yeah. or exercises or intervals. Let's leave paddles aside. And what, what about the legs? Do you need to train your kick if um, you're aiming for swim run? Kicking is, uh, why do we kick? Uh, swimmers kick, one thing is, if you're, if you're more a sprinter or short distance swimmer, you get, a, you get speed. Yeah. Like Sara Horstrom, she does, I think, one minute, just kicking for 100. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, so it's a lot of speed, but it's also uh, the positioning in the water, flotation. Uh, but but then you, you get ahead yeah. from the pool boy, so exactly. that's not really needed. Uh, but as you mentioned before, so we're talking about to synchronize your body, you sync, you activate all the muscles. Uh, kicking is needed uh, for um, for swim runners as well, not in the race. It's not needed there. Um, but when you train, the training gets really difficult if you can't kick. And if I said, yeah. I said like in the beginning of the season, 70% of swimming without uh, pool boy or without equipment, just plain swimming. If you can't kick, you don't get that much out of it. You stabilize your body, you yeah. synchronize all the muscles. The rotation is supported by kicking. You know, you don't have to be an expert in kicking, but uh, yeah. I, when I train with a pool boy, I find myself kicking a little bit mm. in the pool at least. And uh, it helps with the kind of balance and uh, the rhythm. Yes, um, they are also different. I actually kick a little bit, not, not that I'm a top swimmer, but I realize when I swim and train, um, it helps balance. But even if like it initiate, initiates the rotation, Mm. Uh, and if the, the kick comes at the right moment, you get a support for your pull. Um, that's the advantage. The disadvantage is you want to rest your legs as much as possible when you're swimming. Mm. Um, but again, when you come to, you know, you're in the water for 20 minutes for a long swim, maybe, your legs get a bit cold, the muscles get a bit stiff. Yeah. It's good to activate them just Could before be. the last meters before but the transition. Then there's also the difference between training and racing is that you have running shoes on. Yeah. And if you're kicking, I'm thinking this is where we should have like scientific data on it. But exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. it could be a bit of a draft kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that dra uh, drag. Drag. Uh, I mean, drag yeah, is sorry. the 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 main. Uh, thing for swim runners to minimize drag and we get a lot of help from the equipment and then we should of course use it uh, minimize drag and that's the flotation the pull boy uh, the good body position of course we have the calves with the you know they're not so popular anymore like uh, yeah, flotation help on yeah. the calves yeah. even the, the suit has not that much flotation anymore 
Mm. Uh, yeah. So a lot is. Uh, I, I think it's people, the pool boy who have. Yeah, who people has figured most. out that a big pool boy is enough. Mm. All these mm. other things like uh, leg flotation, mm. they kind of hinder the running yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But getting back to the kick, you were asking yeah. me just to give a sort of at least one one answer for that. Um, rest your legs when you're swimming. But if you train and you have a little bit of a kick in the pool, I mean, that's okay. But when you're swimming races, I think that's rest your legs as much as possible. At the end of the swimming leg, you can activate your legs a little bit. Otherwise, they are too stiff. Mm. Danger of getting cramps. I, I even saw Fredrik uh, swimming the other day with fins. Mm -hmm. uh, he's also doing that for you know the transition then. Your legs should still be act. The muscles should be activated and trained for the next and out and running. Not a lot of people use fins anymore in the competitions mm -hmm. because they introduced the rule that they have yeah, to be a certain. Yes. Yeah, I was talking about training. Training with fins. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can still do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about? Uh, we were talking a bit about volume in training. What about during the year, like doing less volume if there is still like half a year until the competitions, your, your, your bigger competitions, your A races. And then once you get closer to the competitions, increasing the volume, what do you think about that? Or should you just keep a solid volume all through the year? I mean, it is competing yeah. with, with your time for running or your time for an additional strength training or even like yeah. family or work, I guess. Yeah, of course, very few swimmers are professionals. So I think that we all, they're all working. And uh, yeah. so of course it's competing with other things. Um, but I think the important thing is to have a solid base throughout the year. Uh, like ne volume. never stop. Uh, no swimming, you should never stop swimming. Yeah. Uh, running is easier to catch up. Uh, swimming is uh, very good to even for endurance training without uh, equipment. Um, volume throughout the year is important, very mm. important. Uh, and you, of course, you have the training periodization. You know that you have uh, you start with the high volume and more long distance training, and then you increase your intensity more towards the race, which is the classical periodization, mm. uh, and then. Uh, recent years you have seen a lot of uh, success called the reversed periodization when you start with more high intensity training in the beginning and shorter volume is that uh, in uh, and increase like the volume more towards the in, races uh, in swimming in pure swimming that's or, swimming but that's i think that's a general training uh, uh, training uh, philosophy uh, there's research about it. Um, um, my uh, experience with the people who, who I can see, we can see the difference. I would say it works more for people like who have a swimming background. Uh, it's easier throughout the year with a lower volume and just do some shorter sessions, but they're a bit more around threshold or a bit higher intensity. But they've already done the 10,000 hours. Exactly. That's the reason. Exactly. Yeah. You have that. Yeah. And then it's easier to just add the volume more towards the race. Um, if you're not a swimmer, 
you need the volume throughout the year and slowly increase uh, the intensity uh, more towards threshold and race pace mm. when the season is getting close. Sessions, should we go through one session maybe? Yeah, can we can do, some we examples. Do that, yeah. Can, yeah. I really like if there's a lot of variation. Mm. Yeah. It keeps the training interesting. Exactly, that's one yeah. thing. It's more interesting, more motivating. So the mental aspect is important. Uh, but of course, you need to do some sessions there. They are more monotonous and you just swim like uh, mm. five times 800 with 10, 30 seconds rest. Uh, I've heard everything some, has uh, its point, of course. I've heard some excesses in that field, like swim run swimmers doing like 10,000 meter sessions. Yeah. Is that a, is, 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 is there any benefit in doing that or they, could it have, they have just done 4,000 hard instead? Yeah, 4,000 hard is also difficult. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's, uh, still, it's still easy. You can do a 10,000 or you know, you don't have this 100 times 100, it's a mm. session or uh, you, you, of course. Uh, What's the benefit? 10,000 10, per day depends. If you swim 10,000 per day, no. two sessions, mm. it would be two times 5K. It's more effective than one times 10K. Mm. Um, generally, it's always good to break it down into certain you have a warm-up phase you just warm up you activate your muscles and then you have more t uh, technical focus maybe um, you get some accelerations and then you have the main set which can be a it can be a three or four K or two to three four K uh, but broken down by intervals you have swim 200s 400s you combine them um, so you make it more interesting and it's always a new stimulation for your for your body to react to it mm, uh, so that's more effective but of course a more psychological psychological thing if you once do a 10k session maybe non-stop 10k i don't know if anyone has done it 10k in the pool non-stop maybe uh, yeah have you done it <laughs> I've done only yeah. 8,000, yeah. but that was yeah. like four. Non-stop? No, like four short stops. Yeah, yeah, okay. But if you do that once, it's it's three. a good thing because then you know, oh, wow, I've done it. It's sort of, a, it's more like a, a, mile, a milestone, like you have achieved mm. it. Then you know you can do it. Nothing can stop you. Mm. So that's, that's a mental thing. Mental thing. Yeah. Of course, that's that's good. But it's no, no point in doing that sort of every week no. or, or as a repetitive part of your training. Um. In swim run, the swimming in competitions is like uh, steady state, uh, 300, 400, 800, 2000 meters. That's kind of the situation you're getting in, in the, it's always like a steady state swim uh, or, or almost always. You're talking about the races? The now? races, yeah, 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 the racing situations. Yeah. Sometimes there might be a bit of a, like you want to catch up with a mm. group for, for mm. the benefit of uh, a draft. Exactly, yes. Um, how do you, wh what kind of sessions do you do to kind of focus on, on these situations and competitions? Mm -hmm. It's always good to um, um, 
even if you do you do the long distance training for swim run swimming you don't really need to have this um, ana uh, anaerobic mm. training because it's you train different parts of your energy but still threshold pace threshold run threshold or slower but you need to sometimes as you as you say sometimes you need to you know jump in the water the first you need to yeah accelerate it happens quite often actually it happened, yeah, yeah exactly saying. it's uh, to catch up to draft yeah. to slow down and yeah. so on uh, that's why it's always good to 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 do some shorter sprint they're not that difficult or not that uh, they're not breaking you down that much mm. if you swim like uh, four times twenty-five uh, meters uh, it's fast mm. but your stroke rate goes up, your heart rate goes up, and then you just get back to the race pace. All those uh, accelerations, they're very important. Or 10 meters, just max speed, and then get back to race pace. Uh, I think that's very important to, to train this, to break the rhythm. Even if you train a session, maybe you have like a session with 200 intervals, four times 200, you can swim up. Four times 200, followed by two times 50 heart, four times 200 again, mm. followed by four times 25, and so on. So always you you, you, um, you add those during the session, in the middle, in the beginning, at the end. Mm. Uh, otherwise you get stuck at the same speed. You know, it's like when you go running. There are a lot of people who go out for a run every day. They run one mile, same speed. Yeah, that's not uh, the optimal way, yeah. at least in mm. running. Uh, varying your sessions is pretty key mm. and I guess it's the same with swimming it is the same I would even say it's more swimming sessions are more broken down to more shorter intervals mm. short rest you variate with the rest as well uh, negative split is a good form of training mm. that means you know the second half goes a bit faster mm. than the first half Progressive. Progressive, exactly. So then you, uh, are, you are more prepared for uh, speed variations during the race. We talked a little about little bit about dry land. Yes. Dry land for mm. swim runners. Mm. Do you have any examples there? What can you do? Um, one basic thing is, of course, the uh, core training. Uh, I heard even top swimmers who got problems with their back because of a lot of flotation from your legs and then mm. you know you, you don't have the strength mm. uh, your core you can't and then you get the uh, yeah. bent uh, yeah, kind of arching <laughs> arching your arching yeah, back yeah, exactly yeah. and then you, you that hurts of course mm. it has an impact on the running then later on mm. Uh, so keeping a strong core is important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those exercises are important. Uh, it's 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 enough if you do that 10, 10 minutes a day or every other day, fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be that much. Mm. Um, um, I really like the uh, which is called the uh, where you do exactly the pulling exercise on land mm. with a they call it stretch cords. Those rubber bands when you pull, it's even good for technique development I have a special question just for me I do a lot of bouldering or climbing yeah. how good is that what's the benefit for the, <laughs> the swim uh, 
I would say it's it's uh, you know there's not specific it's not a p- specific benefit mm. because it's but I think it helps you a lot for generally your body is more uh, synchronized you activate more muscles yeah uh, you're more prepared for yeah. for getting Maybe. ready for high volume training for different intensities uh, I think that's uh, a, a very good thing I wouldn't go bouldering the day before uh, to learn. No, <laughs> but uh, now during the during the season, during the off season, also it, I think it's a very good. It's very a lot good. of pulling involved in climbing. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of. But shouldn't you push from your legs more? Oh, that's no. no, that's just a myth. Okay. It, the main thing <laughs> is upper body strength. Oh. Oh. The pulling. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you don't pull with a high elbow, do you? No, <laughs> maybe not. No, but it's. Uh, I think it's, <laughs> it's a good. It's more a straight uh, arm. Uh, I wish more people. It's also preventing uh, injuries. Mm. Um, even top swim runners have problems with your shoulders um, because you are not activating your back, and that's also one thing. It's good to train dryland training, activate your muscles. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, technique in swimming. Um, what kind of technique is most important to train for the swim run swim? Minimizing drag and then we are getting back to a good floating position. Minimizing mm-hmm. drag is important, even if we get help from the pool boy, but getting into a good streamlined position, mm. shoulder flexibility. Mm. Those are prerequisites for, especially for non-swimmers, very important. Uh, because if you don't have shoulder flexibility, you probably have a quite a deep catch mm. and that creates a lot of drag. Yeah. You're more flexible, you catch more underneath the surface, minimize drag, get a better pull. That's important to train that. Um, well, pulling through the whole stroke, I've, is that an important area, even if you're using paddles? Uh, yes. The paddles are more forgiving, so uh, that's an advantage. Uh, but developing a good catch is still the key, I would say. Developing a good catch in the beginning of the stroke mm. is the key. Um, one difference, I would say, when it comes to pool swimming or uh, open water swimming and swim run swimming, as well, you variate. It's good if you can variate your style. All right. Like you variate your stroke rate. Mm. Your stroke rate goes up a little bit. Maybe you're tired. Your muscles are tired. You increase your stroke rate, mm. but you get a shorter pull. Mm. And then the other way around, lower stroke rate, Think, longer uh, pull. You, that's a usual uh, situation at the end of a swim run race. You, you like pu- cut your stroke short because you you're too tired. You're yeah. too tired, yeah. or or, yeah. or you like uh, change the angle of the paddle through the water. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those small variations—they mm. they make a difference. Exactly. Yeah. But back to your question, yeah. uh, the technique. Um, one thing I realized is also um, uh, the um, the last the push phase of the pull, which is important because a lot of non-swimmers they're pushing upwards just before you lift your arm out out of the water. Mm. Uh, so it's very important to train to keep the pedal and the lower arm pointing backwards. 
uh, otherwise there's a lot of it's a lot of resistance if you push upwards but it's at the wrong goes to the, uh, the uh, towards the wrong mm. direction nice. uh, and you waste a lot of energy and that is be, would be the same with the catch if you're pushing pressing downwards mm. so training those technical things will help you uh, not just to swim faster it helps you to to save energy mm. I know you do a lot of ana analysis also in the endless pool have you like done any analysis on swim runners with their gear on in an endless pool or uh, we we uh, we have done uh, I have done a little bit but it's not that um, I wouldn't say it's it has come that far that we can sort of mm. have some major. scientific major uh, yeah. conclusions oh, okay. but uh, uh, good that you're asking uh, it uh, should be uh, we should work a bit more on that exactly yeah mm. we've tested a little bit and, and put paddles and so on yeah mm. okay I want to thank you for coming here today, talking a lot about swimming. We've, we've learned a lot, me and the listeners. So thanks a lot, Ulf. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure being here. And see you at the races and in, in your coaching business. Thank you. Thank you. That was a long one. Hope you enjoyed it. Shout out to Dallas Stockholm for providing the premises for this recording. See you in a month, guys. Take care.